All right. So the other question, um, many fresh graduates normally ask when I go for an interview, how, where do I start in terms of my salary negotiation? Because I've not been earning anything previously. Mm. Um, you know, some, uh, they probably done an internship paid or unpaid, maybe mm. volunteering. So, you know, what would you advise in terms of when I go for an interview and I'm a fresh graduate, where do I start? What mm. do I quote? What do you quote? Um, I think first, even before the interview, um, is being able to determine what's most important for you, you mm-hmm. know, like prioritize for you. Because as a fresh graduate, there are a number of things that could be important. It could be the experience. You mm-hmm. want to get experience. You want to um, be trained. You want to be in a space where you are growing or have training mm-hmm. opportunities. You want to ne- be able to network. For some people, it's money. They need the yeah. money. Because yeah. now your parents have paid for your degree. Mm-hmm. And now they have said, now you're going to support the family or you're on your own. So you literally actually need the money you know so depending on what and i mean there could be many other different priorities that Mm. you have but depending on what the priority area is for you you need to rank those maybe let's say one two three and that will determine how you engage in a a salary conversation Mm. because you see if let's say you're still living at home with your parents all your bills are paid whatever maybe the most important thing for you is experience so whether or not they pay you a lot or they don't pay you a lot that's completely fine for you because you realize that maybe sometimes because i don't have experience um i can't be paid what i want to be paid but Mm. then within six months of experience i'll be able to negotiate for Mm. better salary Mm. so it's okay for me to either do an unpaid um opportunity or a low-paying job Mm. because of that because that's important but if you're you're highest need is money and you go and sign and start negotiating in an organization that doesn't value paying um fresh graduates then it will be frustrating for you you Mm -hmm. know or it it shouldn't even go and apply for those opportunities because you will never because sometimes they'll just say uh we pay we just pay our volunteer pay our our interns you know volunteer Mm -hmm. rates which means they're just paying for your transport or Mm -hmm. lunch Mm -hmm. at work that's Mm -hmm. it that they're giving you you know so you need to know what's important to you and that will um determine or sift out what opportunities you apply for and then now once you've decided okay i need to be paid x amount I, i need to at least get some income i think speaking to other people just Mm. speak just ask people you know there's so much information that's out there people around you your siblings your parents your neighbors whoever have all been have all just started work at some point ask them what is it that they you know what does the organization pay um what is a reasonable amount of salary for you to 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 expect ask your lecturers Mm. like in university Mm. or the alumni office because they know they've Mm. helped other people transition before even into that organization ask what a reasonable estimation is because sometimes you can just be a fresh graduate but because you know you're the pride that comes with knowledge Mm. uh you might be feeling like you're ready to solve the world's problems Mm. now i want to be paid a hundred thousand i just graduated because i feel like i have so much to offer Mm. um but my friends it's unlikely unless they're hundred thousand uh ugandan shillings that's not <laughs> likely to happen in our kenyan economy mm. um but you know just having a, a right estimate of yourself and of what you're offering mm. um will also save you a lot of heartbreak and save you a lot of um disappointment so i think the biggest thing is to speak to other people other people in the organization but even people around you so you can just know the general what's the general average that graduates are paid right. what is the general average that people in this particular industry because depending on the industry some graduates are paid a lot more money mm. than others you know and so i think that would be a really really good place do your research mm. first you know do your research first even look at the organization the company structure what is the lowest person being paid you know mm. because you're coming in sort of like lower than yeah. that lowest person mm-hmm. uh, unless of course it's a different um department but i think that's a really good place to start in terms of research right yeah and i like the issue that you have raised that 
um you need to find out what your need is and if you're you see if you're privileged enough to not need the money mm. because you're probably living at home and you have money for transport it gives you a lot more opportunities to um even maybe volunteer or intern in good organizations even if you're not being paid yeah. as opposed to someone else who really needs the money so you need to identify your need and and action accordingly so that then mm. you're not saying ah so and so is being paid 100,000 exactly. in this IT company even me um let me go and look for this 100,000 mm. and you you probably have the privilege for your parent can afford to give you transport so mm. that should you know you, you could get the the 100,000 but if there's a better opportunity for you to work in um an organization that would give you a role that's in line with your sense of your skills and your passions then you probably want to do that yeah. but you're living in times where you just want to do what everyone is doing like without just sitting down to think like okay so like what's what's my plan as yeah. an individual yeah. Yeah. without just doing all this like this group you know think yeah group mentality group mentality mm. and all of us are doing this and i need to earn this and you might pass on an internship uh, which is non paid but then if you do it for six months You, you might end up earning maybe even five times mm. as you know what you um you, you're trying to get now mm. so i really like that point for sit down and think what's my priority is mm. it experience is it money and then you know action um accordingly mm. um and then i think also there, there are people who don't know that interns are paid i think like that information for some is not readily available mm. but you know interns are usually you know there's some organizations that would pay interns and there are certain organizations that would pay ridiculous amount of monies so so it's uh, especially if you need the the uh, the money because then maybe you're you're on a scholarship when you're doing your undergrad and now you need the money you need the money to pay rent to, to you know to buy food you actually need the money then you want to try and look for those opportunities whereby you know interns are paid because they are actually there mm. um there are even some internships that would have you traveling abroad and they'll pay for your you know flights and all that mm. um there are certain internships that would um would even give you an opportunity to you know to study mm-hmm. as you know like you work and you study mm-hmm. and all this information is online so you need to do your homework you need to do your research before you yeah. decide which direction that you know uh, uh you're going mm-hmm. then the other question that i get asked a lot is um so i have you know i'm struggling with this mental illness should i ask my employer time off for time off what should you advise well um is it diagnosed is it like certified or is it self diagnosis <laughs> <laughs> is it a genuine is it genuine like is it certified mm. if it's certified then of course then it's, it's similar you know sometimes we um like to think of mental um not mental health mental ill health um as different to like physical health you mm. know but it's the same thing you know if you're unwell you're unwell whether it's the mind or whether it's the body um whatever it is if there is documentation the same way if you had um a fever or if you had diabetes or you had something else that needed management if you have doc- um, documented evidence um uh, of it then yes definitely you can apply for sick leave um just naturally i mean in terms of like um the laws of the land you can apply for sick leave um often the issue is that you don't want to be discriminated against mm. you know you don't want your employer to start saying and you know people can be so insensitive especially in africa i think we we still have a distance mm. to go in terms of 
supporting people who are um who are having difficulty with their mental health uh but i think it's being able to communicate um i think if, if you have a good hr or a good support system in the organization to be able to communicate um this is the situation this is what it means you know mm. um i think that uh, uh recently i was having a conversation with somebody about um what do you call it sexual harassment and it's annoying to think that you have to educate people on sexual harassment but because we are still not where we should be as a society we do have to educate people because yeah. sometimes you'll tell your employer you know i'm having this issue a challenge maybe i have been diagnosed with you know um disease xyz um automatically in their mind they'll think oh my god i had a crazy person which is a terrible thing to say mm. but that's what they're thinking mm. because that's really what society says or this is what society has portrayed people who have uh, let's say somebody who has bipolar that mm. means that they'll be erratic and maybe they'll come and shoot up the organization which it's so it's, it's such a foolish perspective mm. and very ignorant perspective but maybe that's what they're thinking mm. so for you who has now the information the knowledge and yes you're the one who's suffering with it um it would be wonderful for you once you go and speak to your employer explain what it means this is what the doctor has said um i have this particular condition and i need these times off you know but this is what it means this is what it looks like for me on a daily basis maybe um when i interact with people too much or when you know this time of the month comes because of hormonal thing my bobs it affects me in this particular way so you explain to them you just take that extra time you shouldn't have to but it will definitely help your career mm-hmm. just to be able to explain this is what it means this is how it affects my work and this is why you supporting me to be able to take this time off will help the organization mm-hmm. you know um so that you sort of go above and beyond in order for you to not experience that discrimination you know hopefully one day we'll change and we'll be better and be more supportive as a society mm-hmm. um but i think that yes definitely tell your employer you are entitled to um sick leave but also you know help them be able to be your advocate as well because if let's say other colleagues come and say hey but angie she's just always out you know or joan is always out you know like what's that about that mm. they have sort of like the language to be able to to um support you and advocate for you mm. um in your absence from the organization right yeah and when you're applying for sick leave should you just say a medical condition or should you specify it's uh it's a it's, it's mental health stroke illness mm, i think it depends on the on the organizational policy you know there's mm. some that say come with your medical certificate um but i know that many doctors um especially like um, psychologists psychiatrists are usually very uh is the word emotionally intelligent or um uh you know like like they are very careful mm. with their words mm. so they're not going to usually they will not outrightly say it Mm. they'll just say they'll use you know some coded language to be able to communicate that you know you need this sort of like support or help um help yeah so right mm. so that then if you suspect you might get uh discriminated against then it's probably wise to ensure that the documents that you're taking uh would would not outrightly say yeah so that then you're able to take your time off and, you know, be on the medication like any other sick person. Exactly. But then, you know, because then uh, if you specifically say it's it's mental illness, you know, there are people who are going to discriminate against you, mm. which is, yeah. uh, which would be very unfortunate. Mm. Uh, so, so, Angie, I don't know if you get um, your set of uh, frequently asked questions on your, on your DM. Yeah. Oh, for me to share? Mm-hmm. Hmm, can I think of any right now on the spot? Um well I think I think sometimes well one interesting one that I've been finding recently is people 
and I don't know if that's happened to you, people maybe that you uh, not necessarily work with, so they're not colleagues, but people maybe you serve who now want to include you in their reference list as one of their <laughs> referees, you know, just want you to be a referee. And, you know, and, and they just can't understand why you're saying no. But it's like I don't I don't have a relationship with you. So yeah. let's, maybe let's talk about that. Yeah. You know how you pick your referees. Yeah. Who should be on your referee list and and um what's inappropriate in terms of um forcing people to be on your <laughs> referee list, especially if they don't know you. You yeah. know because I I don't I don't see how I think that's it just shows that somebody doesn't understand what you know the referee place is for. Right. Yeah. Right. And you see, for someone to be a good reference. Um, it needs to be someone that you have worked directly under or someone you have worked with or someone, you know, yeah, I, I, I think the best is you've worked under them and or you've worked uh, together. Then they can speak to your abilities and your skills, etc. A career coach, you have paid them money to give you a service. <laughs> exactly. So probably... <laughs> Yeah. No, they are not like like they cannot be your your referee because then they are providing you as a you know they are providing a service for you they are doing your CV mm. they are doing they helping you with your interview, um they, they they probably know what your strengths your skills and your passions are but then they are not you know a referee so you cannot include them yeah yeah and even people maybe who you've worked in the same organization with but you haven't worked closely we can't just be that okay one time we both joan and i worked in the same organization she was in a different division maybe even she worked in a different country and then i just put you on my cv yeah that's it's not that's not appropriate because yeah. the kind of um you know um vouching you'll do for me you'll just be like first and foremost you'll be like Angie, Angie. Already that is a red flag. Anytime we call a referee and the referee doesn't know who you are yeah, and we have to spend so much time telling them, no, it's so-and-so. So-and-so says you work with them. I mean, by the time a referee has to be reminded so much or prompted so much, that's a problem. That's already a red flag. Mm. Like, okay, does this person not know them or what's yeah. happening? And then that person can't really speak to your own strengths. Mm. You know, they can say, yeah, I know that they work in the same company, but they can't say why you're good for this job. You know, mm. why, um, you know, you being in a particular team will help the team. They mm. can't say, oh, that this person has innovated in this way or done these different mm. things. But because, I mean, just random people, even people maybe you go to church with or you you share um some sort of, sort of social group, those are not the people to put in your referee especially if they don't know you personally and right. they haven't interacted with you one-on-one -on -one, mm. or if you haven't asked them that's right. also a, an issue yeah. yeah yeah and i think most people don't take this referee thing seriously and there are people who have lost jobs you've done a good cv you've passed gone for an interview passed we ask you for referees you fail mm. because you did not take time to think about the referee list you probably put referees on your on your on your CV that you've not called to inform. So when they're called for a check, they you know they probably don't even know who you are. Some people moved, uh, you know, like jobs. Mm. It could be sometimes, uh, and this is why I normally insist that if you can don't have any referees on your list because mm. then it could be that you've put some. So I've put Angie on my on my CV and I've sent it somewhere. Then uh, me and you, we. We disagree on something. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> the CV is seated cutely in someone's organization waiting to be called. Then when you're called, of course, you'll probably not have very good things to say about me. And that's it. Like, the, I, I don't know if you've called, if you've done some uh, referee uh, checks and people talk so badly about mm. someone, 
until you wonder like, do you know <laughs> what is going on yeah. and the people who've lost jobs just because of the, you know the, like that referee list mm. it's such an important thing on your like it's so important in your job application process it's actually the last stage the first stage is cv the interview and then now the background check if it comes out negative you're not going to get the job yeah 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 so so you really need to think uh to think through that list if you can do not put the list on your on your cv have an uh, uh, uh you know a list of probably six people then depending on the organization that you are applying to you'll be able to know among these six who are the best three mm. call them you know call them and tell them i'm applying for this job and you're going to be called uh please ensure that if you see a call from this organization pick up the call if they send an email please respond mm. um be proactive don't just put names of people because then the other thing that people would do they put your name without telling you yeah so i'm called i'm like who is that yeah why you know like why am i their referee so you you assume <laughs> That when someone is called, they're automatically going to give you a good reference check. And let me tell you, there are people who even know you. Like, then people put uncles. Mm. That uncle is going to be called and they're going to put, uh, they're, they're going to say very bad things about you. You don't even put a stranger. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're, oh, yeah. There are high chances uh, that this stranger is going to give a better reference check than your mm. uncle or, mm. you know, your relative. So please, please, you can lose out job opportunities because of the the referees that you put so just ensure that you're thinking through yeah and list. i think that 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 point that you've mentioned just about the uncle i think is very important it's important if if it's if possible don't put your relative mm. on 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 um on your as part of your referees often because i mean based if i have five referees that you have given me i will take the weight of or the weight of the testimonial from other referees higher than the one for your relatives because your relative they're going to benefit from you getting the job you know mm. maybe you're going to be you'll take them out for a meal or a couple you just many things you know but and they're likely to say anything for you mm. to just get the job especially if you're in good terms um so preferably don't put a relative on your on your um uh, as your referees and especially if you have the same surname you know and especially if it's a like a, a very specific surname you know like maybe a maybe a generic surname um let's say if we say for example mwangi you can have mm. many mwangis you're not mm. necessarily related to them but if you put obwaka there if i put obwaka and then ah, somebody else put obwaka sure. you just know this one yeah. is a relative you know it's very specific <laughs> you know so but if you have to have this person for whatever reason mm. use their like middle name or their maiden mm. name mm. you know so it doesn't seem like oh this person is the relative also she's just putting her relatives there mm. um the other question um what happens if you leave an interview and you realize you really messed up? Mm. Do you request for another interview? Or maybe it might you might have messed up the whole interview mm. or you just realize there's one or two questions that you really just answered wrongly. Like you're asking this direction, you thought you had understood it, but now, Kumbe, you answered this other side. Mm. What what would you advise someone? All right. So what I I would advise is, uh, so at the end of, the, uh, of every interview, I usually advise that you send a thank you note. Uh, you know, if you can get an an email for one person or several people who interviewed you, is it's always good and good etiquette to send an email and say thank you very much. Um, you know, for giving me an opportunity to interview. Um, and one of the things that stood out for me, um, and then I would also say, um, I was thinking it through and realized when I was answering this question, da, 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 da. Mm. don't make it so long. It's a novel, mm. but it can be enough to capture anything that you had uh, missed out. Um, I wouldn't call to ask them to, re 
to rebook because then I put myself in the situation of a recruiter, the hiring manager. You see, it, it, it would negate the whole purpose of an interview, which is something that is timed. And that's why when we ask a question, you need to answer it within like three to five minutes. Yeah. So if I'm letting you come back, it means then, you know, it's it's negating the whole process mm. uh, or the whole integrity of the process because then I'm not, unless I give that to everyone who yeah. uh, interviewed, but I would send the, the thank you email and then in there, uh, if there are certain things I need to clarify, I would, you know, I, I would, I would put in there. Sometimes also you forget. Yeah. So I would also add something that I feel I forgot during an interview. Mm. Because then if when I put myself in the shoe of if I was interviewing you and I received that thank you email and that information, I would really appreciate it. Mm. Mm. I don't know what you think. Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. I think, um, I don't think I have anything to add to that. But in terms of like, if you feel like the whole interview was a disaster, um, I think it's just to learn from it. Mm. <laughs> you just learn from it. Because I mean, I, I don't know... Uh, of many uh, recruiting um, firms or even teams that come together to be able to um, interview people who would constitute a whole other um, sitting mm-hmm. just for you to come and like, okay, let's just start afresh, you know? Yeah. I mean, unless they don't find somebody completely and then now you reach mm-hmm. out um, because they're re-advertising. Uh, I think I'll just learn from it. You know, yeah. sometimes you just have to cut your losses. You just realize, okay, that that was a bad interview. Maybe <laughs> I was drinking last night. I shouldn't have done that on the night before my mm. interview. And that's why I mm. messed it up. Or, you know, I was too nervous or whatever the thing is. There's always something to learn from it. I yeah. think don't, don't, don't be too hard on yourself. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> you just, you just learn the lesson. <laughs> learn. Yeah. And, and the, the other thing is, um, the other question closely, uh, closely related is, so they've taken too long. To respond, mm. what should I do? I get that question fifty-seven times, like in a month. Yeah. Um, and I would like to hear your uh, your views on this personally. Um, like during the the interview, of course, you'd ask when are you going to get back, and mm. I would ask once because then for me it's so important that I don't appear desperate. Mm. So you can't keep calling them fifty-seven times. <laughs> what did you guys decide? <laughs> After one day, like, what did you guys say? Like, you, you're going to look desperate and most of the time it doesn't work very well. Yeah. But you could actually pick up the the phone uh, at the point when they, you know, at the time when they said they're going to get back if they have not gotten back and mm. ask. Yeah. Or, and, and then calling for me is better than an email because then if you send an email, now you're waiting yeah. for them to, yeah. to respond. Did they get? But you see, phone call is going to give you almost in like, like immediate feedback. Mm. But then again, if they, do, if they never respond, if you get ghosted, it's also okay. Yeah. Because yeah, you, yeah. you don't know why um, yeah. someone ghosts you. Or, or And, you know, the, the same way you will not understand why some men will ghost you <laughs> or some women will ghost you. Just yeah. deal. <laughs> Just deal with it. And Just take your L and move on. What yeah. I completely agree. I think the, the best thing is to ask in the interview before you leave, mm. how soon can I expect, you mm. know, uh, one is how soon can I expect to hear from you? And the other question is also how soon should, is the person who will fill this role? When should they start? Mm. Because in your mind, it will give you an estimate. If we're in October, they want the person to start in February. Like you can't keep calling every two weeks this month because yeah. the person is starting in February. Mm. Right. So you, you give it some time. If they tell you we'll get back to you in two weeks or in a month, in a month's time now, reach out and say, Oh, you know, I really enjoyed our interview on this particular date i know that you had indicated that you'd be giving us feedback this week you know is that available um i think with that will be the phone call that you'll uh, be making um but then i don't call again in december then you're calling again in no please they said they're hiring in february but if it gets to february now 
and they're really not they've not said anything <laughs> now that's the time you know i think i would even anonymously call and call <laughs> if they're hiring for an hr manager and call reception hi can i speak to the hr manager if they direct to somebody else <laughs> you know it wasn't you so then you just you just accept it you know but i think that first call on the date they told you but if you forgot to ask them before i think usually about two weeks mm. two weeks from the interview is a good amount of time to um to call and find out you know how is the process going is there any more information you need from me um is there anything i can do if you didn't ask in the interview mm. when to call i think two weeks two weeks is a good amount of time to give them right yeah and let me just let you in on something there are certain times uh in in organizations recruitments have taken a whole year yeah, yeah. Or, or or like six months mm. because then maybe the budget was there then it's no longer there mm. the position has been put on hold so the reason why some hr people are not communicating is because they actually do not have something to say to say yeah. and and most of the time we, we want to keep the, the the person that we want to hire warm and so we'll most of the time communicate with them and sometimes there's no even like you don't have the time to call each and every person exactly who who interviewed mm. so i would say that also learn to be able to be comfortable being uncomfortable yeah in life generally you know whether it's like work because then you always find yourself in situations whereby you don't have all the answers yeah and that should not paralyze you there are people who they will not apply for any other job because I am waiting for That's this. This particular one. That's the yeah. one I sensed. Yeah. It's the one I knew that this is the one through. that God uh you know ordained and it's mm. the one that I'm going to get. There are people who um <laughs> when they're going for interviews <laughs> you know they come and say me like God has told me this is the job like this is the one in the so, interview. No like as they are going they're like this oh, is the one okay. like this is what I must get. So no if the person does not respond this is the enemy working against me. Oh man, you know. Oh, man. But so you know, that's sometimes actually even in interview coaching sessions, I tell people that there there are two extremes. There are some people who come to interviews overly terrified. That one which we were talking about or uh, uh, previously in terms of you're overly intimidated. You just feel like it's such, it's such luck. I can't believe they would even let me in an interview. I'll tell you, tell them that already is that's not the mindset you want to go into Mm-mm. an interview with like feeling like they're doing you a favor they're not mm. because if they don't have to meet with you mm. like they've seen there's value in you and that's why they're having a meeting with mm. you so that's one extreme which is terrible the mm. other extreme is the one where i must get this job or i will die you know people mm. who are just like this is it this for is no it. Like, please yeah. nothing on this earth mm. needs to be, have that much power over you mm. because you see nothing. you know what, what happens True. if you are so i have to get this opportunity let me tell you you will become a, a what's a, going to sit into it like a chameleon mm-hmm. you know like you know if you really want somebody to like you you know how usually are yeah, people are yeah. like you want this person to like you if they say their favorite color is black even, even mine. me <laughs> <laughs> yeah me don't like girls who wear trousers even, even, me. even me. this one yeah, i just borrowed from one, somebody I... you know like so then you just hear there everyone the organization the employer says you know we'll need you to work on saturdays and you know your personal thing is not uh. working on saturdays then you'll be like yeah i see how that can happen then they tell they tell you no but work life balance is important yeah i can see and you see now you start acting like from what they're hearing on the other side mm. is this person has no stand. stand. They're just left, right, yeah. and center. You're not the kind of person I can trust with something in my organization because mm. you don't have any sort of um, identity of your own. You can't stand up for anything, mm. you know? So you don't realize it. You're trying to impress them, but you are coming across as somebody who is unprincipled, you know? So that whole thing of, oh my gosh, I have to get this job. This is the one meant for me. It might be, but it also has to be put in its place. You know, mm. it can't be the be all end all. Now I can't apply for other jobs. Mm. Now I'm going to the interview. Like it must be this particular job. It might be this job, but 10 years from now, not now. Yeah. Maybe the Lord has spoken. 
but you're hearing it in the future. Mm. And now what are you going to do for 10 years? <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah, it's I love, important. Yeah, mm. I love what you've said. Nothing in this world should have that kind of hold over you. It's, exactly. It's not, it's not right. It's not healthy. It's not healthy. It's not yeah. even good for your mental health. It's, not, yeah. it's going to make you so anxious. And then the worst part is it's going to make you less confident when you're applying for other jobs and other opportunities. Just yeah. because Angie has told me no mm. does not mean all the other organizations yeah, have told you yeah, no. Yeah, and the people yeah. who, just because one organization has said no or has not responded, breaks your self-esteem. Now you, you'll never do your CV, never apply for jobs mm. until they get back to you. Yeah. It's okay not getting a response. Yeah. I mean, it's or just even one getting person. No. Even getting a no. Yeah. It's also okay. Because the rejection yeah. on your application is a rejection on your application, not a rejection of you of as a person. You. Exactly. Yeah, and you don't need to take that on yourself. You need to yeah. write that down, pin it on your bedroom or your sitting room so that you are reminded of that every single day yep guys that's all that we had for today angie i don't know if you have any parting shots uh my parting shot is ask your referees before putting them on your referee <laughs> list that is a, that's the key thing don't miss out opportunities just because uh you have not asked them if you should put them on your referee list and change your referee list find out who is there maybe the reason you're missing out opportunities is because your referees are dropping the ball you know so think through your referee list i think that's where i'm going to mm -hmm. step out on mm. all right for me it's every time you get a rejection always remember a rejection sometimes is a redirection and whatever is coming after that rejection might be even greater than this one rejection in fact, when you're getting no's, when organizations are telling you, like, you know, you're getting those regret emails, you need to be happy because that means, you know, that you're, you're just uh, ticking some of these organizations that you're never going to be, you know, to be working for. And now you're left with the ones that you need to concentrate on. So do not take a no, do not take a, a rejection as this organization rejecting you as a person. They're just rejecting that one application. So that's all that we had for today. I hope this session has been beneficial. Thank you and see you next time. Bye. Bye.